This is The World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky said that a stalemate is not an option in the war against Russia, and that Ukraine had to reclaim full control over its entire territory. He also said that NATO should invite Ukraine to join, despite having previously accepted that Ukraine could not be a member of the military alliance. Russia is strenuously opposed to Ukrainian membership of NATO. The World Bank lowered its forecast for global growth for 2022 by 1.2 percentage points, from 4.1% to 2.9%. The bank's Global Economic Prospects report warns that the world is entering a protracted period of feeble growth and elevated inflation after Russia's invasion of Ukraine magnified a slowdown in the global economy caused by the COVID-19 pandemic. Janet Yellen, America's Treasury Secretary, said America was facing unacceptable levels of inflation. Giving testimony to the Senate Finance Committee, she said the pandemic's effect on supply chains and high food and energy prices caused by Russia's invasion of Ukraine had contributed to high inflation across rich countries. An appropriate budgetary stance is needed to complement monetary policy actions by the Federal Reserve, she said. Boris Johnson, Britain's prime minister, held his first cabinet meeting since surviving a vote of no confidence among his fellow MPs. He said the result would draw a line under issues our opponents want to talk about. Other Tories were less sure. Former party leader William Hague urged him to resign, as the level of opposition to him had been devastating. The final tally, 211 to 148, fell short of the simple majority needed to remove him as leader. But with 41% of his own MPs in rebellion, his government looks set for paralysis. By 2024, all mobile phones, tablets, e-readers, cameras, and other such devices sold in the EU must have a common charging point. Apple, which uses its own sort, has long resisted such a change. Currently, three sorts of chargers are common. By 2024, the USB Type-C design will dominate. Studies show that having a common charger will save consumers money. Two of the Gupta brothers, a clan of businessmen accused of plundering state institutions in South Africa, were arrested in Dubai. South African officials said extradition talks with the United Arab Emirates were underway. They had fled after a judicial commission began an investigation in 2018. They are believed to have benefited hugely from their ties to Jacob Zuma, a disgraced former president. Target, the American big-box retailer, lowered its profit forecast, saying it has too many unwanted goods. Three weeks after reporting a lower-than-expected profit in the first quarter, it said inventory rose 43% last quarter, compared with a year earlier as demand for outdoor furniture and appliances declined faster than expected. In recent weeks, other retailers have reported they have too much inventory. And fact of the day, 685 million, the number of gamers in China. 
They are now battling 33 million South Koreans for dominance of esports. And now here's a deeper look at the day ahead. Rebuilding Ukraine with Russian money? If you add the Russian central bank's currency reserve, subject to Western sanctions, to the value of other seized goodies, such as super yachts, nearly $400 billion worth of Russian assets have been frozen since the invasion of Ukraine began. And according to the Kyiv School of Economics, the economic damage to Ukraine is around $400 billion. To many, therefore, the idea of using those Russian assets to compensate Ukraine for war damage seems irresistible. Such a plan faces high practical and legal hurdles. For individuals to have their assets confiscated usually requires conviction for a specific crime and evidence that the assets were an instrument of it or linked to the proceeds from it. Western leaders want to expand the list of crimes that warrant seizure, such as avoiding sanctions. But getting consensus will be tricky, and even the confiscation of state assets would require Western governments to designate Russia a hostile power, which they have shied away from doing. The Gupta Capture From the great train robbery to the looting of $1 billion from Iraq's central bank by Saddam Hussein's family, the record books have no shortage of massive heists. But surely none would compare with the allegations of South Africa's state capture, monumental graft involving at least 49 billion rands, $3.2 billion worth of public contracts, being routed through consulting firms or shell companies linked to Ajay Atul and Rajesh Gupta, mostly between 2009 and 2018. The term was used in a 2016 report by the then-public protector that laid out allegations of improper influence over South African politicians by the brothers. They deny any wrongdoing describing the allegations against them as politically motivated. The Guptas' flamboyant lifestyles in Dubai, where they fled in 2018, rubbed salt in the wound. South Africans now have some hope of justice. On Monday, police in the United Arab Emirates arrested Atul and Rajesh in connection with money laundering and criminal charges. Yet due process will probably not be swift. Expect a lengthy fight over extradition and, if that succeeds, a drawn-out court case. Resisting the invaders in occupied cities As part of the Ukrainian government's plans to launch a counterattack to retake the South, the country's underground army will be critical. Ukraine claims its partisans have killed more than 100 Russian soldiers in the occupied city of Melitopol, the unofficial capital of the resistance and they are activated elsewhere, too. In Izium, eight Russian soldiers purportedly died after eating pies spiked by a seemingly friendly old lady. Ukrainian authorities had hurriedly laid down the basic structure of an insurgency in the months before the war. The underground resistance mixes professional soldiers and volunteers. 
There is now a national network of secret arms dumps, safe houses, and potential sympathizers. A website published by the Special Operations Forces, which coordinates the fighters, offers advice about how to organize clandestine resistance, stick to a need-to-know basis, prepare an ambush, ensure clear escape routes, and cope with being arrested. Keep calm and hope for the best. Getting the Grain Out A visit to Serbia on Monday by Russia's foreign minister had to be abandoned after his plane was denied permission to travel through any of the airspace en route. But Sergei Lavrov may have better luck getting to Ankara on Wednesday. The Turkish capital is just a short hop across the Black Sea, a body of water which is also the focus of his visit. Mr. Lavrov will meet his Turkish counterpart, Mevlut Cavusholu, to discuss the creation of a safe corridor for ships carrying Ukrainian agricultural products. Pressure on Russia to end its blockade of Ukraine's ports is mounting. On Monday, Russia's ambassador to the United Nations stormed out of a Security Council meeting after the EU accused his country of causing a global food crisis. Turkey has offered to help clear the mines floating near the Ukrainian ports and to provide escorts to ships. Yet Turkey's reputation as an honest broker has been dented by accusations that it has bought grain Russia had stolen from Ukraine. America Before and After Roe v. Wade Pregnant? Need help? A flyer reads, Call Jane. In the 1960s and early 1970s, a group of women in Chicago helped other women obtain abortions, which were then illegal. To evade the law, members used Jane as a group pseudonym. The Janes, a documentary chronicling their clandestine activities, is released on Wednesday on HBO. The Jane's efforts began with a helpline directing women to sympathetic doctors, but the organization eventually performed abortions themselves, 11,000 of them. The collective disbanded in 1973 after the Supreme Court's ruling in Roe v. Wade established a legal right to abortion. After a draft of another Supreme Court opinion was leaked last month, Suggesting that the justices will soon overturn Roe, the film is a timely reminder of what parts of America could look like again. At least 13 states have trigger laws that would automatically ban almost all abortions if Roe were reversed. More could follow. Perhaps the Janes will rise again. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers and, as important, tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home, city, and country by 1700 BST on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Saturday. Wednesday who was the first African-American woman to be elected to the United States Congress. Tuesday. Which type of tea is named after a British prime minister?
Finally, here's the quote of the day from Frank Lloyd Wright, who was born on this day in 1867. Less is only more where more is no good. That's the world in brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app. And subscribers to The Economist have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app to start listening.